You may be seated. As we prepare, there we are. As we prepare for hearing God's word this day, I invite you to join with me in the practice that Jesus would have done every day of his life as he came to the scriptures, as he rose, and as he went to bed to proclaim the Shema, the great commandment of God. So I invite you to stand with me and to join in that Shema as I begin it and then we share it together. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu. Adonai Ahad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Our scripture reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel of Luke in the 10th chapter. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. At a meeting last Thursday, which just happened to be All Saints Day, we were invited in that meeting to lift up a few names of those who were saints in our lives, people who lived out the gospel call of Jesus Christ and impacted us in powerful and beautiful ways. And of course, as I thought of who I would lift up, first of all comes to my mind my parents, Hazel and Chester Lee. But my list is long, and I could also name many others family, friends, this congregation, people I've met along the way. I remember them all with deep gratitude today as you remember those who were special in your lives. 
And as those names were lifted up, I began to realize that none of these wonderful saints would ever be famous. They probably will not have their names put in the annals of history. And yet they impacted our world. They made a difference for Christ and for our world. They were wonderful people who shared the love of Jesus, loved God and neighbor, brought peace into our midst, and blessed us all. And as I read today's scripture, it occurred to me that those first 70 whom Jesus called were just like them. These were 70 people beyond the 12 apostles who had been following Jesus. And he calls them forth to serve him in a special way, reminiscent of the way that Moses would have called 70 elders that we find in Numbers 11 to help him. And he sends them out in pairs because in the Jewish tradition, giving a testimony of two witnesses would provide the truth. And the truth was that Jesus was the Messiah and coming into the world. We don't know anything about them. We don't know their names. We don't know who they were. But yet, they were faithful. The first saints who spoke the love of Jesus to others. And they proclaimed God's peace, and they heal the sick. We can learn some important things from this passage. First of all, Jesus calls each one of us, not just a select few, not just the pastors or the leaders or the staff of the church, but God calls every single one of us to serve him. And we are to offer as Christ's ambassadors God's love and peace and salvation. Paul said in his letter to the first his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter twelve, and also in Romans twelve, that we are the body of Christ. We are to build one another up in love, and we are to work together, to partner together in that work of love. In that way, the love of Christ and salvation for the world is proclaimed. In addition to each one of us being called, we are called to work together, to partner with one another in the work of Christ. Now, I know from my own experience, that when I try to do things on my own, well, sometimes it gets overwhelming and burdensome and tiring. But when I invite others to come alongside me and work with me, then so much more is accomplished and far better than what I could have done on my own. Working with others allows us the gifts of pooling our resources, of using our individual abilities and talents for God's glory, and they help us be strengthened and give us perseverance 
as we seek to serve Christ. We do a good job of that in this church. If you stop to think of the many ministries that we have, they are all being done by people who have partnered together. The Hope Center, the Prayer Shawl and Heart Pillow Ministries, Fishing Under the Bridge, the Pumpkin Patch, the Thursday Lunch Bunch, our committees, classes, our mission trips, and so much more. All of these things take more than one person to accomplish And together we can do great things for God. There is a third thing that Jesus teaches in this passage. Jesus invites those he sends out and us to offer God's peace. That was a very unusual message for Jesus to send out. For in his day, people did not want peace. They wanted war. They wanted justice. They wanted to be rid of their enemies, the Romans. They did not want peace. And yet that is the message that Jesus told these 70 to share and to give and to live out as they went about their mission. You see, God's peace is not really the absence of strife as we tend to think of it. Instead, God's peace is an inner peace of heart. It's a peace that enables us to look at the world with hope, to look and see where God is working and join in that work. It gives us confidence in the midst of strife that through Jesus Christ, God has already initiated his kingdom. God is at work in our world, and God will accomplish that work begun at the cross. The peace of Christ is a gift. It is a gift that is freely offered to each of us for us to accept. And when we accept that peace, we are called to share it with others. That's one of the reasons that we usually pass the peace in our worship services, a sign of that calling. And we can choose to receive it or not. If we offer peace to someone and they refuse it, how they respond is not our business. You see, our business is to leave that to God and yet to continue to offer Christ's peace to all. Part of that is loving our neighbors, for those are the ones with whom we share peace. We've talked a lot about neighbors recently. And it seems to me that where we must begin in loving our neighbors is right where we are, with those around us. They are the ones first and foremost to whom we must love and live in peace with. That means my husband, my son, my family, my friends, my circle of relationships, the people I engage with daily, all these are my neighbors that I am called to love. And if I can love them, then I can love others. Dallas Willard had suggested that if we could simply love those right around us, that it would 
resolve nearly every family problem that exists and that love would then go to others. We can only be good neighbors with those closest to us. And if we can't be, then we will not be good neighbors to those beyond. The Apostle John expressed who God is in three very simple words. God is love. And if we just grasp that understanding, those three words, and live it out, we can change the world. We can help every person see that he or she is a beloved child of God, precious in God's sight, loved and forgiven. And we can see transformation happening within ourselves and in others. One of the saints in my life, who I never really personally met, was Brother Roger of Taze. I did get to see and hear him when I had the opportunity to go to that French community many years ago. I watched as he ministered to thousands of youth who were there. He was a man of gentleness and peace and love. And in his lifetime, he literally offered Christ's peace to hundreds of thousands of people around the world. Just before he died, at age 90, he tried to say some very important thought to leave with his brothers. He began, to the extent that our community creates possibilities in the human family to widen And then he stopped, too exhausted to finish. They think he may have been referencing Psalm 18, verse 36. You gave me a wide place for my steps under me, and my feet did not slip. They think perhaps he was trying to say, let us do everything possible to make more real the love of God. And this love, is for all. Today we remember the saints in the church triumphant. They inspire us to be faithful witnesses of Jesus Christ. They inspire us to partner with one another in being good neighbors. They inspire us to help bring in the harvest of those who are still longing and searching and seeking for God and for that peace. It is a peace that passes all understanding, a peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It is a peace that enables us to be good neighbors, and it is a peace that our world so desperately needs. As we seek to engage our neighborhoods and those around us with God's love and peace, Let us be that community that widens God's love to all. And as we do, we can help the mission of Jesus Christ to
to be accomplished. May it be so. Amen.